Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of PGH Art Talk as part of pghmuseums.org's artist interview series. In this episode, we sit down with Christiana Dolores, who is such a vital part of the Pittsburgh art scene. She's been doing things for God knows how long in mixed media, music, and is currently an artist relations manager at the Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council. We get into a lot of the meanings behind why she creates art, how she helps artists in the area. Uh, She's part of the Not White Collective, so we sit down and talk a lot about whiteness. And Bill Peduto, at the end, there is a shout out to you related to what you can do to help the art scene. Right after this, brace yourself. It is a raw interview and is probably one of the deepest interviews that we've done so far. PGH Museums is made possible through our affiliates, such as the Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center. The Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center is an interactive science center devoted to weather and weather folklore located in a century-old former post office in a town who's known for its weather-predicting groundhog. The Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center lets you become a tornado, make a thunderstorm, or even be a TV weather forecaster. We met up with the center's executive director, Marlene Leelock, to see if she's ever been caught playing with the green screen. (laughs) Yes, don't tell my board, but uh, yes, we play with the green screen all the time. It's fun. It's, uh, if you've never been in front of one of them, uh, you can pretend that you're doing the weather. Uh, You can also take one of the green capes that we have and make your body disappear. So, you know, there's all kinds of fun things that you can do with it. Has she ever forged a weather forecast and predicted a catastrophe? I can't say that I've done that, but that gives me some food for thought. (laughs) You can create your own weather apocalypse forecast and learn everything the center has to offer at the Punxsutawney Weather Discovery Center. Discover more at weatherdiscovery.org. Take two. We just had a ghost in your house. Hello. (laughs) I'm shut off the recording. (laughs) Yeah, the recording just shut off, so weird things are already happening today. (laughs) Listen, we're on a budget here. Things happen. About 10 minutes into the interview, the camera just shut off. But you can tell by Christiana's laugh that we were already having a good time and just went right back into introducing herself. Well, I'm Christiana Dolores, and at this point in my career, I go by Madame Dolores um, to claim my elder status and uh, also to claim and accept the meaning of Dolores, which is Spanish for pain. So I thought I should just embrace it. There's been a lot of pain in my life. I didn't know that. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of pain in your life as well. All so of we us. We get through it, don't we? We get through it. We do. We're going to dig at it, dig <laughs> at it today, I'm sure. <laughs> and uh, we went through a list while we were filming before of what you do, and you do so much that I don't want to go through the list again, but we're going to because you do everything. So I'm going to pick it up. I don't roll. Almost. No, I can't oh, fall when I roller oh, skate. No, we're, don't ask us to roller skate at all. Or swim. Not good. You can Not ask good. me to swim. <laughs> and that introduction that she gave pretty much sets the tone for the interview. There's such depth to everything that she says, but the giggles are there too. And that list we were talking about, Artist Relations Manager at the Greater Pittsburgh Arts Council, musician, playwright, curator, producer, multimedia artist, 
Pittsburgh Business Times Woman First Award in 2017, 2010 winner of the August Wilson Center Fellowship, 2007 honoree at the New Hazlitt Theater Celebrating Women in the Arts, 2003 winner at the PA Council for the Arts Fellowship in the World Jazz Blues Musician Composition, and 2002 Pittsburgh Magazine 40 Under 40 Award winner. Next, Pittsburgh did an article that outlines her week back in 2014, and I suggest you dig it up on Google because it's intense. And my first question to her was, how do you do all of this? Um, I find the things related, connected, and interchangeable. So it's not so much shifting gears to move into a new discipline. It's kind of the same voice throughout all of the disciplines, but just using a different tool to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, coordinating and imagining and visioning, it's it's not so much about inspiration as it is about grabbing a hold of the concept when it grabs a hold of you. Um, They're like voices in your head, and so when one wants to speak, you have to listen. Yes, always. Or it goes away. Or it it goes away. It disappears. Frustrated. Yes. Sometimes I'll toy with it and just go. Well, we'll see if that's a meaningful idea. Right. Me too. That is exactly what I do. And then I remember it. I'm like, oh, I guess you're meaningful. Yeah. And so um, we got the crap. Yeah. And I I keep. She keeps journals in drawers in her kitchen dining area and. A lot of visual cues coming in the next couple of moments. She has an adorable small dog named Romeo who would not stop crying because, let's be honest, I love dogs. It knew that I love dogs. He just wanted attention from everyone. But I'm just going to be the narcissist who says that he wanted to play with me. Uh, So we go over and we pick him up and he becomes a part of the interview. My brain's over there. So there's like 25 journals full of um, ideas. Mine are all under the bed and sometimes <laughs> I feel like my life is living below me and that's kind of scary to yeah. think about oh so God. I need to invest in one of those. I know, I just filled it up. I was like, oh my God, so many journals, so many thoughts. What are you thinking about? Everything. Um, everything, everything coming at you um, constantly and in a sense of processing and I think the root of my poor dog <laughs> He's in his straight jacket. Sorry, people. You're going to hear him whining. He's not he's sweet. He's not in pain. He's just, he just can't be in here. He just wants love. And <laughs> I'm going to give it to him the That's second why his name's Romeo, off. But sometimes oh. it's too much. Too much love. Man, no such thing for dogs. <laughs> yeah, too much love. <laughs> if you hear him whimpering in the back, don't worry. The camera's going to go off and I'm swooping right over there. There's pictures of, like, more pictures of my dog on social media than there is of me. Oh, my God. Love it. Um, oh, my God. Where, where was I? Uh, we were talking about concepts and I I like that you describe your ideas as concepts instead of inspiration. That's not a perspective that I've heard before. And it kind of felt like I say a lot of the times when we do these that I feel my brain shift. Like I've just learned something like mind blowing and just thinking about like even ideas in a a way that is different. Sorry, Romeo is so just like fascinating to me. Yeah, I think, um, thank you. I think, um, for me, and this is c- c- part of what I do as an artist relations manager, is just kind of rethink, reimagine, and innovate new ways of thinking about things. Like we inherit certain narratives that I don't think are uh, true to the craft or the process. Inspiration, people are like, I'm waiting for inspiration. 
there's nothing to wait for. You have ideas constantly flowing. You just have oh, to yes. grab a hold of the idea. I don't know when inspiration is supposed to be. Honestly, I've never understood that. Um, I've gone to lots of colleges. I'm like, I don't understand this thing they're talking about. Inspiration. Right, it's the most elusive word in the creative field, inspiration. Yeah, I think it's, um, to me, sometimes I think it puts people in a state of um, anxiety, doubt about their own craft. And I think it also creates this kind of, I don't want to say class, but this hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Like only those with inspiration can move forward. It, it, I don't believe that. <laughs> yes. Everybody has an idea and everybody's creative. Not everybody's an artist, but everybody is creative. And that's part of the beauty of humans, right? We have this magnificent computer and we can think things through. So I challenge the concept of inspiration. I love it. I, <laughs> I love it know. so much. I don't agree with it. Yes. And who better to be an artist relations manager <laughs> than someone who is challenging that very thought? Yeah. I, mean, I, I challenge that. I challenge uh, what you learn, not directly, but indirectly, is that you have to suffer for your art. Mm-hmm. And the best art comes from the best suffering. Um, I think the best art comes from the best thinking um, and the best feeling. Yes. I, I don't know if it's about suffering. I mean, everybody suffers. So mm-hmm. it's not suddenly artists are special sufferers. Right. <laughs> We're, yes. not, like, you know, We're like, all we a have, part of this human condition. We have condition. a crowd of suffering. I <laughs> suffer more than you. And I'm going to make art. For, no. no. I, I'm a Buddhist. So everything, everyone is suffering on some level. Yeah. So it's just... Everyone is finding a way to deal with it. We happen to use Romeo our... Romeo's finding a way to deal with he it. He is, poor baby. I'm going to have to bring him in here. Uh, some people are athletes. That's how they deal with their suffering. Some people write or read. I mean, everyone has a different way that they uh, g- carry their cross. Mm-hmm. So to act as if artists have this special cross that gives them... Um, this incredible talent to, I, I, yeah, I don't believe no. that either. We I just completely that broke that down. <laughs> Make, just, if anything needs to go viral out of these podcasts, it's that entire section there. <laughs> Artists, listen up. That was Free yourself. Advice. Yes. And if you're waiting for inspiration, I hope you took everything that she said to heart. I'm definitely the type that sometimes will sit around, stare at a blank page and be like, well, guess the muses aren't talking to me today and the second she introduced the idea of concepts changed the entire game for me there is no one better to be an artist relations manager than christiana dolores as an artist relations manager one of my secrets to the job is i'm i'm a deep empath Mm -hmm. so i really really listen to people and it's not that i give people something I unlock the thing that they hide from themselves, and I also help them move the things out of their way. We're very good at putting... We already have barriers to our creative process, so why add more? You know, so a lot of it uh, can be psychological. It's just like getting stuff out of your way, getting your own doubt out of your way, getting this... um, Imposter syndrome is huge. Imposter syndrome, um, getting... Your low self-esteem out of the that way, too. getting uh, disbelief that anyone would care about. Oh, my baby is coming to me. 
Hey, Romeo. <laughs> the, <Okay>. the true star. <laughs> I know. I hate to put the sweater on you, but you jump up too much. Um, so that's, that's part of reaching people. And then mm -hmm. from there, we can kind of build a customized plan for whatever idea they want to do. But the, the first step is always just um, helping people to see themselves yeah. and accept themselves. You can't move forward until you can honestly accept who you are. And that is the ultimate right? truth there, yeah. Right? And so... Um, because so much of art is like working through your issues or whatever issue the yeah. concept brings to you. Yeah. You have to be authentic and get through that for it to present itself. Yeah, and you know, and I went through that process with my own work where, you know, um, at some point I was just constantly doing things and showing and performing. Mm -hmm. And um, for a lack of a better metaphor, it felt like I was just displaying half-formed fetuses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because uh, the other thing that you can realize as artists is that you can take a break. Um, mm -hmm. We feel like we can't take a break because people forget about us. Uh, they won't call us for opportunities. And so we're terrified of yeah. taking a break because we feel like we'll lose the steam, the eye, the opportunity. But um, from rest comes ideas. Yes. And um, if you're constantly on the go, you're running yourself ragged. And by yourself, your body. Mm -hmm. And when you get really down to it, without a healthy body, you can't make anything. No. Um, without a healthy body and mind, you just... And, and by health, I mean... Um, and I'm not going to go with the whole standard idea of health. By health, yeah. I mean that you find a place of contentment for yourself. Yeah, for right? sure. Um, you know, we have... Uh, different abilities. Like I got really sick after one particular project and have ended up with this invisible disability. And so, you know, there's that aspect. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a challenge for the arts community because I feel that they're not very um, accepting and uh, open and compassionate when it comes to artists who have um, Disabilities, for sure. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's a type of ableism that uh, informs yes. the arts that, um, you know, if you're sick, people, I mean, it, you know, it's not when you take a break; it's when you get sick that people forget about you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and which is just like so, <laughs> like even cathartic hearing because I in 2016 I was going to launch my first project hit my head, had a concussion, took like a year and a half the week before the record dropped to recover. And yes. I was like, I can't do anything. The record is out. Everyone's going to forget. I don't think I can ever get back in this game. How am I going to get inspiration? And you're just breaking down every single like that whole recovery process. Yeah. Where was this interview in 2016 <laughs> for me? Where were you? Yeah. I mean like, um, the, the, Aspects of the arts community will be kind of forgetful. Yes, they, they will mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. Um, they only see what's in front of them. Let's be, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and mm -hmm. I, that's what I observe. They only, but your fans and that's, they're there. I feel like that's sometimes outweighs yeah. the arts industry. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the power of people who believe in you and support you. Yeah, and you're doing so it for they connection. Don't right. Right? Yeah. So you realize when you come back from whatever space of healing that people are just there waiting. They've been waiting for you. They've been, they want to hear your voice. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. What I like so much about doing these Art Talk interviews is that it's artist artist, so it gets down to business in hopes that I help other creatives through conversation with other artists very quickly. And so far, I hope that what Christiana and I have talked about have accomplished that. When I sit down, sometimes I leave the table I'm at feeling so empowered and just hope that anyone who's listening who creates art or does anything that inspires them to create their concepts uh, takes away everything that is being said because everything these artists are saying in these interviews feels so vital, not only just to the Pittsburgh art scene, but any type of creative in the entire universe. I wanted to hone it in though, because we could talk about how creation exists and the come and go of audiences all day. Christiana does more than that. She's an artist and focused the greater part of the last year and other years prior into her music. She released a record called Pantry of Salt and Sugar. It's uh, been compared to Grace Jones, Portishead, Lori Anderson. It's down-tempo, it's in-your-face, mixed so raw. And the initial inspiration that came out of that was the concept of creating micro-songs. Just like little minute, minute and a half, maybe not even that long songs that she created 337 different kind of things going on. Uh, which seems daunting even to the most seasoned musician to have 337 songs that you want to create an album out of. How did the concept of micro songs even come up to you? Like, do you just, <laughs> I saw a video of you just sitting here on an iPhone, like tapping away on GarageBand. I was just like, I need to do that. <laughs> Downloaded the app on my phone last night. We'll probably not get to it for a long time. But I was like, She's making micro songs at her table while she's like drinking coffee and yeah, smoking the cigarettes. And and smoking my dog. cigarettes, like it's great. How like have you always done little tiny songs or no? This is my first time um, composing. Okay, and the beauty of kind of uh, having access to a platform, a, mm-hmm. a, a DAW, a digital audio yes. works station like a GarageBand or whatever platform people are using is that you can kind of compose all of the elements. And up, up to this point, um, I've worked collaboratively mm-hmm. with lots of amazing musicians in Pittsburgh um, and producers to kind of translate a musical idea in my mind. Yeah. Um, how this all started is really just um, the day after the inauguration. And while I was not surprised... As I said earlier, you know, like half of the country is racist and the other half didn't vote. <laughs> um, change it this year, please. <laughs> please change Get it. Get out the doors. No more racism. Yeah, vote the giant orange out. Yes. We're done. Yes. We're completely I, we're done. T- t- and, anyway. You know, and um, having been uh, a person who's had to deal with different traumas and just constantly um, in a state of self-healing, right? I... Well, you know, wasn't surprised, but I was in a state of shock mm-hmm. because I knew what was coming. Yeah. And I sat at this table and I said, I don't know how I'm going to emotionally survive this because this is just 
I know it's coming. A lot. Right? And it, it did come. Most of the things I thought. It's here. Coming. It's here and it keeps it's coming. Yeah. It's like getting punched in the face repeatedly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and I had bought this new phone. I bit the bullet. And I was like, oh, let me get this goddamn iPhone everybody's <laughs> talking about. And so I we got this. We love the blue <laughs> bubbles. <laughs> right? And I was like, oh. I saw that there was Garage Band on it. And I was like, I'm just going to make a song. I just can't yes. deal with this. And it was a crazy snowstorm, and I made my first song. It was 18 seconds. And I was so proud yes, of myself. I was I'm like, proud. Wow, 18. <laughs> wow, I did this. You and, have to go second by second when you're composing, yeah, or it's a mess. Crazy. Yeah, you know. Three and, minutes and, is a short time to listen, but a long time to create. Yeah, so it's coming back to this idea of being um, authentic, mm-hmm. honest with yourself, and vulnerable. And I thought, um, I'm just going to have to be, I can't be anything but as vulnerable. I feel extremely um, helpless at this point. Yeah. And um, using that as a tool to communicate this feeling of um, helplessness and um, different aspects of anxiety or anger or rage or um, sorrow, this kind of thing, or even joy and love. So they just... Every day, you know, I would get a feeling or emotion. I'd get triggered um, by something I heard, saw, felt, um, a memory, and just write a, uh, compose a song to just totally raw. I improvise everything. so raw. I just improvise. Do you improvise lyrically too? Yeah, I just sing. I just like, I make the music first and then I just, whatever emotion of that day, I just sing it from the top of my head. And then I thought, you know, everything is about perfection today and glossy and just... That can create anxiety in and of itself. Yeah, and that musically, everything is, to me, uh, overproduced. Yes. And sounds too much the same. And while people are very technically good... Which is great, because listening from a technical standpoint, I'm just like, oh, man. And then, but it's so homogenized. Yeah, right? And so it's, uh, for, what I'm hearing um, is a lack of emotion. Mm-hmm. And um, also just, you know, basically there's billions of songs at this point, but th- the things that float to the top aren't really connecting with what we're going through no. in this world. And I thought, like, you know, I'm just, I don't care what people think. I'm going to share these. I'm putting them on SoundCloud. <laughs> I woke up today and I have a sinus infection. I'm still singing. I don't care. Yes. Um, My voice is going to sound the way it sounds every morning, whether I have the flu, whether I'm joyful, happy, whatever, whether I've screened myself hoarse. Um, Yeah, I, I just put it out there. You can go to her SoundCloud page, and at this point, I don't even know how many of the micro songs are up on the SoundCloud that she's made, but... Every few days, she'll post on the Instagram story that a new one is up. The record itself, there's a song on it called Dick. And of course, it's aimed at Donald Trump. It reinvents Carly Simon's You're So Vain. And if you took the Carly Simon collaboration with the Janet Jackson, Son of a Gun in the chorus where she sings, I Bet You Think the Song is About You, if you slow it down, if you rough it up, politicize it that is what you get on this track and i couldn't wait to sit down to dive into what this track was all about with her 
And it's such I like a punch. I grew up loving that song. Who did Love it? Carly Simon. And I was just, it just always stuck in my mind is when certain things would happen with people, I would just sing that in my head while it's, I'm looking at them, you know, you know, just kind of muttering. Mm. Um, and because of how egotistical, maniacal this man is, especially on Twitter, he does think everything's about him. So it just seemed like a perfect kind of um, chorus Yes. for this orange maniac. <laughs> I don't know what else to call him. Well, I do. There's lots of things I can call him. I'm trying to Don't do it. We go high. We don't do pooches. that. Ugh. Um, yeah, and it's, it's this feeling of just uh, rampant, snatching pussy, sexism, racist, make fun of disabled people try to crush uh, gay marriage, just a, a all around disgusting human being that there is no, no other thing to call a person like that except a dick. There it is. <laughs> Smack in the middle of the record. <laughs> right there. And it's so funny, like the producer I was working with, he had offered at the point at this time, like to, to broker the songs and we were reaching this point and he was like, um, I don't know how you expect me to broker a song like that. And I was like, uh, I just do expect you to Figure broker a song like that. It out. <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah, it's. I told you what this project was about. I'm not going to. I I, I can't not sing a song like that. I cannot not look around the world and just. It's kind of like pretend it, there's it, a I, rainbow. Yeah, like. You look around and you go, am I the only one kind of just, can anybody else see that he's a dick or is it just me kind of thing? Right. right? Our world. Hey, like, where are you at? Yeah. Which is sort of like hilarious. Like the day after I got on the trolley. So, my, I guess that my energy is kind of powerful. I don't know. <laughs> so enraged. And my mind's like, don't you fucking talk to me. Don't you fucking talk to me. Nobody would stand next to me, sit next to me, every, everywhere I went that day. I would have felt it. I would have been like, me too. I would have been like, yeah. I was just like, oh. And it was just like people were parting away from me. And I was like, you say one thing, I'm going to say one thing. <laughs> say one thing. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Microsoft coming today. <laughs> right? And so that's, you know, that's how these things are born. Because, yeah. you know, I can't just be like going off on innocent random people <laughs> <laughs> don't do that no so it's also a way Keep to kind targeted. of translate this yeah. frustration or whatever and then some of these things are memories um one of the things when we were talking about being um sick or whatever i mm-hmm. got i can't pronounce it now it has a new name um At chronic fatigue okay um and had to stop everything. Like you can kind of see if you look at my CV, like around 2007, mm-hmm. just things just stopped because I had to. Um, that you learn to, um, you have to learn to not let things get so um, emotionally overwhelming because it'll make you sick. Basically, yes. I, I quit. I quit. Uh, I equated to that scene of um, in Clockwork Orange where. You know, they cured him, and every time he gets angry, he throws up. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of like that feeling. <laughs> yes. Like I can't, I can only get, but so angry. Pardon me, or so uh, 
overly stressed before it starts to kind of... Right, like fold in on yeah. everything. So it's also a way of kind of managing that health aspect. Yeah. Talking to Christiana Dolores, a.k.a. Madame Dolores, was an absolute delight. I am RJ Cozane, and you are listening to PGH Art Talk as part of pghmuseums.org's artist interview series. We do have a membership program. We're completely volunteer-ran at the moment, and this helps us with, I mean, everything. It's $20 a year. You get 20% off to Photo Antiquities Museum of Photographic History, 10% off admission and store purchases at the Jimmy Stewart Museum, 10% discount on classes and workshops at the Pittsburgh Glass Center. Some exclusions may apply there. 10% off classes at Tom Pottery. 10% off open studio at Tom Pottery. I mean, there's so many perks, and we're working on getting more all of the time. If you head over to the website, click Become a Member. It'll give you the perks and then give you the options to join. We talked so much about music with Madame Dolores that I wanted to completely switch it and just talk about her art. Specifically, while I was looking things up, I dig deep when I go into these artists and try to get as much of a sense of what they're about and what they do as possible. I found the book of white people. And before I even had the chance to bring it up, she hopped right in and I was ecstatic to hear all about this. I don't have much else to say in this podcast because once we start talking about this, it spirals into what it means to be a person and black culture and whiteness and then taking that into how art isn't really that confrontational anymore and then taking it back to a collective that she was a part of called Sun Crumbs, which was in the, I don't even know when that ran, but I know it stopped around 2008 and was such a controversial collective in the city sometimes you just need to listen. And when an artist is in their zone saying everything in in such like this wonderful wave of insight into their lives, I just sat back. There's not even much. I'm just going to play you a very elongated part of the interview. I hardly talk. It's, It's all Christiana and she's outstanding and this is why she is so important to the pittsburgh art scene complete kind of like a multimedia type of visual experience um, that has installation components to it mm-hmm. um it's called the book of white people okay. and which i read about last night and loved it's examining the invention of whiteness we can thank virginia and the bacon rebellion for this creation of whiteness that ended up in the legal system and became this thing that Americans live by, right? Uh, Anywhere else in the world, you're French, you're Canadian, you're... But here, if you are unbrown, Euro-originating, somehow you're supposed to call yourself white. So this exhibit is a way of um, examining um, the legacy of what that is and Mm -hmm. how it affects... uh, black and brown and uh, allies alike um, to be in this system that that demands a kind of assimilation to white superiority with yes. no real basis of why. Um, the world is full of magnificent, wonderful, intelligent people who are of all shades and religions, you, you name it. Intelligence has nothing to do with skin. Hmm. So um, 
the exhibit ex is examining that from um, a very harsh lens to a very kind of humorous lens. Yes. Right? And so... Uh, and the, some of them even combine the two. I yes. was reading... I don't know where to see this yet, um, so tell me after this. But I read about the... Uh, there's Nikes in like a faux fireplace and uh, the Colin Kaepernick whole like yes. absurd scandals that surround that and it was combining absurdity and the seriousness yes, of what's going on. Yes, thank you. Absurdity. just like... Um, I got uh, one of those lanterns that hangs down in... You know, these, these things are great now. You can have your own fake fireplace or fake <laughs> lantern. And so um, I painted it white and I took popsicle sticks, glued them together, and then cut out the Nike swoosh and inserted it inside the, the fireplace so it looks like it's always on fire. Yes. Right? And to highlight the absurdity of this man, this football player, this human being who took a knee that, you know, um, instead of examining why, um, well, you know, we, we all witness this kind of defensiveness. White people don't want to be called white until you say something against white people. You know, if you say that they're white, you're like, I'm an individual. I'm not white. <laughs> but then if you say something about white people be. What are you saying about white people? I, I make up your mind. So yeah, I highlight the absurdity of this. I'm just and being multiracial. I'm just kind of like, once again, I'm like wait, just looking around. Like, what around. is the state of 2020? How is this <laughs> right? And so, are um, we using critical thinking skills yeah, in this are we, time? Like, taking a moment <laughs> to reflect. I don't think that it would right. exist a lot. No. And so um, I created a textbook that people can write in. Um, because throughout the years... Some, this is in the same like, kind it's of same, exhibition? Yeah, same, okay. you know, and um, it's, it, it's the more active piece where, piece where people can write in it. Because uh, throughout the years, some racist thing would happen. I'd be like, girl, that's chapter 23 in the book <laughs> of white people. Because this shit is repetitive. Mm -hmm. and, and the hilarious, absurd thing is... Throughout my life, each white person thinks that they're doing something new. And you're like, but I've experienced this, like, all throughout my life. That, that's not new. It might be coming out of your mouth. But yeah. um, are you guys all sharing this textbook? Like, how to be white? And so you, you secretly, like, read it and then say these things? And I don't so want to see the textbook. <laughs> right? Unless it's in your exhibition, then I'm going to read it page by page because I know who's writing in it. Yeah, right. So, you know, it says, when they... And I ask everyone to write, for example, when they touch your hair without asking you. Like, how, how is it that I'm standing in line to see this wonderful dance performance and I'm feeling something? Mm. And this woman's touching my hair. And then she's upset when I'm going like, get off of me. Right? How, how do you get upset when you're touching me? Yes. That's creepy. Let's just get right down. It's creepy and nasty. Period. Get Every, off of me. It's your Besides body. Besides the race like, yes, stuff, you yes. know, like just, ooh, who does that? The layers that? of it. Right? And then there's also just what allies, right? You know, I found some um, people wrote some great things such as um, telling me racist jokes, thinking that just because I look like you, I'm going to find it funny. So, I'm, you know, Shutting the book is down. getting populated by the community. And so when it gets filled up, I'm going to publish it. Yeah. And so it'll just have everybody's, it, you know, I'm just providing the space for Americans of all 
walks of life to talk about this experience with the white people. We all know what it is, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, when they um, overcharge you, um, when they deny you access, when they mispronounce your name repeatedly on purpose, you know, these, these things that we uh, have witnessed or, and or experienced. Yes. And this, we were talking earlier about, like, how it just feels like people aren't going there. And you are going there. And I just love it so much. Is this up right now somewhere? Or is it gonna be up? It's up. It, uh, it debuted at Boom Concepts. Okay. Um, Daryl and Quinique and Thomas invited me to do a show. And I hadn't done an exhibit in a long time. Um, just all of my work. And I thought, wow. Thank you. They call me the godmother. Of, of well, fairy art godmother. That's my nickname with them. And I was like, wow, okay, okay. So I'm going to do this new work. And I have been thinking about this project for 10 years. Okay. And um, you have to get it right or don't do it. So that's, that's another thing with art making. Um, and what I was talking about earlier, take, take your time and really look at it. Um, it's not a self-editing process. It's, it's like, am I really communicating the idea? Am I going for shock? Am I going for awe? Am I trying to be clever? You know, or am I like, am I shying from the truth or the idea? Can I really just, what's the best way that I can communicate this that I think will reach people? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that took about 10 years of just kind of thinking over these different ideas and, um, Membership with the Not White Collective was definitely very instrumental in helping me kind of get to what it should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, because we talk um, about imperialism, colonialism, um, which leads to this um, white supremacy that um, infuses everything in American life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how it is uh, a burden for everybody. Um, if this is is a free country, then why are we not free to uh, walk away from this concept? Yes. Um, also, the concept that every white person has signed up for this. Um, there needs to be a bigger humanity. Like I, I've gone to different kind of equity workshops or conferences, and I feel like the missing thing for me has been. Um, talking about humanity. It's great. We can talk about our culture, how we're different. It's obvious and that's great. But mm-hmm. what is too uh, important to me is like, we don't seem to be talking about how to be human yes, or humane. It's not that we get a textbook for that either. Um, how, how, how are we supposed to achieve this? This humanity that is... Um, Honest, because you can't act like certain things didn't happen. Um, no. Compassionate. I mean, I believe in calling out, but you have to call in. And so um, it's kind of like why I don't want to be on Facebook and I'm 
contemplating just getting rid of social media. Oh, I see. Oh, me calling, too. Every day, out. every day. And I have to use it because it's creative types. You see the events that way, yes. you network that way. But it's like, do I really have to scroll through this timeline? Like, is it helping me? Technology is yeah. helping when I'm sitting down with the iPhone and GarageBand. But is it technology helping me on social media right now? It's just making me angry. Yeah, I'm angry or just I I. I'm seeing the worst of some of the best people. Oh, yeah. Which is a uh, shock. Yeah. And I wonder what it's supposed to be achieving. Right. You know, I'm I'm a child of the 70s. I read 1984 and Fahrenheit 51. And, you know, you look at today and you go like this. Read that that we're book. kind of living in that space. Yes. It doesn't look exactly like the book. So maybe that's why There's people think it's not happening. There's enough concepts there, though. But like it's critical thinking around us. Yes, it is there. And um, I just have to keep my eye and my heart on humanity. Yes. You know, I, I've had many people just laugh at it. Like, oh, you and your humanity thing. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, me and my humanity <laughs> thing. Right. Like, what is... Because people equate with... Um, talk of humanity as if you're trying to whitewash or just make everybody homogenous. That's not what it's Celebrating talking about. differences. And that's what I no. like about the not white collector. The more I read, there's another guest who I won't spoil for you, but I'll tell you when the camera's off, who's coming on very soon <laughs> from the collective. And I didn't know about it until I started reading about what you and her were part of. And I liked that it was focused on like multicultural like things, but was also like, this is humanity. It's the whole of humanity. And we're looking at ways to explore the non like whiteness as it stands when you talk about that word and how it's like there. Yeah. And you know, it's a conversation that is constantly, uh, evolving through vulnerability Yeah, and, and, um, acceptance. I mean, um, you look at privilege and your own privilege, mm-hmm. uh, and you look at it, just, just talking about privilege, um, how to discern what is privilege, what is a gift, and what you earned, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think too many times the words are being used to describe all things, and I think we have to be much more clear about what it is. And once you can discern what is what, how do you use your privilege to uh, for a greater humanity, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody has some level of privilege, uh, whether it's you are able to attend college as the first person in your family, um, have a roof over your head and everybody has that, have a job. Um, so for me, privilege isn't, you know, we discuss these things, so privilege isn't quite the word that I think mm-hmm. describes what happens with um, non-white people. It's, it's uh, lack of access. Yeah. Right in the um, kind of like I, I look at it like there's a pond and it's full of fish. Sure, you're free to fish there, but every tool is broken, rotten, doesn't work. And then when you finally drive or walk to the space, because your car doesn't work either, it's locked up. And so, the, you know, the, you I think fish? of, you know, when I think of how hard it is for those of us to push through this kind of um, white dominance that prevents um, lots of people who do not fall within the status quo from achieving 
what they define as their success. It, it looks like that. It's like you can see it over there, but you can't get there. Yes. And if you can get there, you're not really allowed in. So it's just, you know, it's not so much about privilege. Um, it's more about access, access to education, health. I mean, we're all looking at different communities, black, white, uh, Latin. I mean, the air is bad. They dump the chemicals in their backyard. At, at, what is the access to clean water and clean air and things like that? That's get back to humanity. Every human being should have Everyone. access to things that helps them live the life that they want to live. Yes. And when you prevent them from doing that, that's that's yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a problem yes. we're fighting against. We are trying to um, inspire people to have similar conversations. Yeah, you know, like. Um, Look at you and go like, where do you, where are you from? Do you know your people? You know, I look at white people and go like, why do you call yourself white? Where, who are your ancestors? Mm -hmm. Why do you not honor your ancestors? Don't you know their stories? Why do you not tell their stories? Why do you act like you're not Hungarian, Serbian, Italian? Why? I don't know why you do that. There's so much rich culture in that. Yes. Why you won't... Talk to your baba. <laughs> you talk to your baba and find your own stories. And like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at people feeling so lost. You're lost because you're disconnected. You're not connected to your own family. You don't even have to be connected to your immediate family. You're connected to a rich history of ancestors that goes way, way, way back. Like, you know, I, I just, um, it's another thing we kind of want to share and inspire in people. Like, no, just know yourself. Know yeah. who you are. You're, you're not this thing. Nobody's this. No. Yeah. Nobody's like a color out of a crayon box. Everyone's come from somewhere. And before the first take, while the camera was being crazy, we were even talking, <laughs> even just going back an era to your parents and how growing up, they were both creative types. Your dad did board games, you said, and a he made, bunch he created of stuff. Board games. They were actually we had fun. Playing yeah, them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just, I think just knowing yourself, knowing where you came from, and as you said, yes, such like cultures everywhere, and I love all of these challenges that you throw out, and you've been doing it for so long. I even looked back. Um, Sun crumbs was that what yeah. it was called? Oh, and, you looked uh, way. Back. I looked way back. I dig for these interviews, <gasps> wow. and uh, the only thing I could Super really impressed. find uh, two thousand eight. Yes, well, most people don't impressed. even remember. Like only the people who were participating. I, in I it. mean, I don't know it. I was eighteen, but. so showing my age there when it was went defunct. But the only thing I found was a. Uh, it was a post-Cazette article, and it was, like, so controversial, but also helped local artists, but was, like, protested at the things that they did. And I was like, you really are just, like, pushing where we need to push. And I appreciate that so much. You, like, have not wavered, and you've taken it. And what you do now as an artist relations manager just... Push. You are so vital. I don't like doors. <laughs> no, not Unless they're down. in my house, and I want some privacy, but... <laughs> I don't like... We raid the houses when we come here. <laughs> I push also because when I was 18, uh, in the 80s, hello. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I love my age. Um, there wasn't much help. There wasn't 
uh, as far as to be an artist. And then there's just my connection with my elders. I'm watching them push. I cannot not push. It's mm-hmm. like they pushed this thing and they had to step away because they got they needed to do their other chapter. You get older and there's yeah. another chapter you have to go to, and, and you step you in and you have to keep that. pushing. And at some point, I'm gonna step aside because I have another chapter, and I hope the next kind of group of people because we have to break up with these spaces. I I, it may be elusive and maybe not, not doesn't really exist, but freedom, it just stays on my mind. Yes. What is freedom? How, do, how does each person define it? How are you going to reach it? Um, so what, whatever I can do to just help people get out of their own way to get their own kind of freedom, that's what I'm going to do. So yes, I have been pushing the boundaries and having the police called on the exhibitions and my band constantly threatened with lawsuits post-gazette didn't get into all that that and i think that's a conversation for another art talk we're gonna have a part two (laughs) censored oh my god blacklisted all that stuff for being authentic for being just like hey let's you know i feel like um equity and justice and liberation is like the coolest party we have yet to have Come on, let's do this. Yes. <laughs> right? And so, um, yeah, Sun and Crumbs was definitely, uh, we did things like um, the Bust a Myth series where we broke down stereotypes. Um, the one that really was super, uh, there were two things. We did uh, No Dogs, No Blacks, No Irish, because that always fascinated me, this sign, and the Irish were underneath blacks. Ooh. So we investigated that, that and like, you know, looking at the coffin ships in relation to slave ships, um, miscegenation. So we were uh, talking um, through the University of Pitt. We held like a week long kind of symposium about what it is to be Asian or mixed Asian um, in Pittsburgh and maintain your culture and your language. Um, yeah, things that I think we're, people are doing. I drank too much coffee and it just makes no me such thirst. Thing. Excuse it's me. Um, that people weren't talking about. They're just now starting to talk about it. Um, I had a show called The Beauty. It was called Lock, The Locker. Beauty of the Male Nude. Mm-hmm. And um, there are just penises everywhere. I mean, what can I say? I thought, uh, I, as a woman artist, I get sick of naked women in museums. I'm just sick of it. It's still striking to me about how you can, like, a naked man, even in something like Hollywood film, is, like, still taboo in a way. Still taboo, and, like, right? women naked, fine. I find, um, first of all, the naked body beautiful. And I just thought the beauty of the male nude is just something that needs to be celebrated. So there, you know, it was a group show, and I had a penis purse, and I had a watercolor triptych of a man masturbating, and I had a giant sponge man with a giant sponge penis, and um, I had a a nude male model on hand at the reception. We we had clam dip shaped as a penis. Um, We had a photo booth called, um, we had kind of those, uh, what do you call them? The, oh my god, the automatic, the, the automatic cameras that you can shake it. Polaroid, thank you. Oh, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Oh my god, uh, photograph your junk. So men would go into the bathroom, 
and then hanging on the wall and then no one, you know, we just had this wall of, and I wanted like, like, let's stop talking about it as if it's ugly. There are too many humans in this world to really believe that's true. Because I mean, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, and the police were called and um, corruption of a minor. I put fake snow on all the windows. So the woman with this four-year-old boy obviously had to lift the boy mm-hmm. because I had the snow beyond like as t- I'm like five foot three, so as tall as I could like spread. So there's yeah. no way in hell, mm-hmm. right? So she called the police, and the curator was very, you know, I co-curated, and he was just really shaken. I don't think as you would be. But I had it happen so many times. I was just like, (laughs) all right, again. Okay, so what? Does she lift him? Because what? He's four, as you can see. And um, they walk through and we're just snickering everywhere. And they're like, we can see that there's no way that her son saw this. So we're just going to, you know, but, you know, the (laughs) male and a, a female cop and they're just... (laughs) <laughs> Glad we got invited to this art show. Yeah, right. So Thanks that for was calling like, and inviting us. Yeah, you know, really pushing concepts. Oh man, that I have problems <laughs> with. Yeah, I can I say you, you were actually in a way just created Snapchat ahead of its time. You did. <laughs> what do you mean, Snap- <laughs> Snapchats <laughs> for dick pics? <laughs> think of that you create a grinder <laughs> you created snapchat maybe tinder but i hear it's a little tamer down that and i don't know ahead of your time thank oh you <laughs> bring that one back and oh see how God. that goes over i know right and this is all spurred from the fact that my sister and i went to a horrible high school and when we moved to the east end of town we got we ended up in this apartment and the apartment was filled with like a mountain of playgirls. And I stole seven of them. <laughs> and I had men, naked men, all in my locker. It was the only thing that would calm me. <laughs> Same some days. <laughs> I, you know, and my sister and I would get so fed up when we, we, there was one day where we, she was on one end of the hall and I was at that, and we were like, time to go to the <laughs> locker. And we were just opening everything. <sighs> Breathe. Aren't they beautiful? <laughs> okay. Let's go back to this bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how oh that show God. was uh, created. Yeah. I <laughs> Weirdos. Weirdos. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, my God. These yeah, concepts these and like... how you grab them and create. To end out the interview, Christiana's been through so much in the art scene. You didn't need me for that elongated stretch of audio there. She narrated it completely on her own and through her experiences. And because she's seen so much in the city, in the art world, I just, to end out the interview, wanted to know what she hopes to see with herself. And being an artist relations manager, what she hopes to see in the city in terms of what the future is with art, period. Bill Peduto, if you're listening. For, for yourself as an artist and then as an oh, artist. for scene. myself. Oh, yeah. I have plans. Tell us. <laughs> well, Who cares about the art scene? Tell us. It's going to be um, renovated. 
um, to be kind of a Air, Airbnb, maybe um, on like a short-term rental. Okay. And that will help me pay for the programming for the renovation of the garage, which I hope to turn into an artist residency. And so I need to, you know, these things, you know, kind of why I bought this house, right? And so the garage needs to be repaired because two trees fell on it. So, um, Welcome to but that's the dream, like to have, um, to bring artists into Pittsburgh, but more specifically, this will be for arts administrators who are artists who'd never get a chance to go to a residency. Um, so to provide that kind of space, you know, renovate it so that it's, uh, green environmentally sound and so that any artist can use it so there will be probably like a dance floor in there and mirrors and place to uh make music that kind of thing and kind of um connect with the community because at some point the park's going to go through a renovation and i've been talking to the pittsburgh park conservancy to kind Mm -hmm. of figure out how i'd want to connect um an artist with this community and the park um, yeah, so that's kind of the dream. And then uh, to continue making my work because I'm feeling healthier, so I have a little bit more energy to do that. Um, tour some shows. Continue to. Be- I really want like a song on a horror movie. That's my dream. I would live for it. It's <laughs> right? like. Uh, Don't you like want one of your songs and some. My th- stuff's a little dreamy, so I don't know yeah. where they would put it, but your stuff. A Euro? Like- Man, you should go for a Euro <laughs> cop show. Hello, Euro cop shows, Euro horror cop movies. Shows. We're here, ready to broker and like get licensing, the music out there. Licensing, sync yes, and licensing. I hope you do a show soon. <laughs> I am going to Boom Concepts to see that exhibition. I would love to see you perform. I know you have a YouTube with some things up there. You've been so vital. Clitorati will be performing soon. Yes, yes, Clitorati. <laughs> Ex- explain that before we go out here. Um. I Two of my it. best friends, Henya and Fat Man D. And, um, well, all, all of them are amazing best friends. Um, but the three of us create kind of this punk, rock, funk, postmenopausal, feminist, fuck you kind of songs. And, um, yeah, we call ourselves Clitorati. Yeah. <sighs> I need to time travel and get to these shows right now. Like, I just want to see the future of what you were doing. I love this so much. Yeah, Mandy came up with a song like, Fupa, Fupa. Oh, no. I don't know. Some sort of fatty part before the vagina. I don't know. It's <laughs> Urban Dictionary. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, you know, we'll see. But the exhibit right now is in Boston. It's outside of Boston. I'll travel. Yeah. So it's like uh, at um, private high school. Okay. Yeah, and they actually extended it. It was supposed to be down in November. So they folded it into their social justice curriculum. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Cool. For the arts community, I would like to see. I'm going to close out on this one because I know you want to wrap up. Oh, no. I could listen. <laughs> I, we could talk all day. And I've written him several times. I'm ready. Hold on. Let me drink the tea. <laughs> it's coffee. I need coffee. Mary Perdido. I've written you several times. To create this, because we all know the marijuana industry is growing, and I have requested that some aspect of that tax go to the arts into a fund 
in perpetuity. So that no one really has to suffer. And so that money can be distributed to multiple organizations and foundations to distribute to other artists. Is anybody hearing me? <laughs> My ears are working. Because I really do want to go like, I just funded the ballet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boom concepts. Here comes another grant. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to do. Yeah, so please, somebody make it happen. Dudo, make it happen. <laughs> or we'll get someone else to make it happen. Is it a for state us? thing? Come on, Wolf. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much Thank for you. everything that you do, Madam Dolores. I'm excited. Uh, you guys are providing a much needed service. So, hey, artists out there, contact them if you'd like to be interviewed. I talk love about to talk. Your process. I don't want to stop talking to her. I never want to stop talking in these things. I can, we can just stay here. Oh my God. Like, you know, the house it's will fall none. apart. Ryan, us. sit down, put it on live stream, <laughs> Snapchat it. We'll take some dick pics to get the people invited. <laughs> this has been our talk with PJH Museums. Bye. Bye. <laughs> She's so much fun. She is so much fun. Christiana Dolores, thank you so much for coming on our little podcast and video series. I want a part two, so if you're listening, let's just sit down and talk some more shit. We can get Tom Wolf involved in whatever you want in the art scene. We will call out people all day. I'm serious. My name is RJ Kozain. I do our talk with pghmuseums.org. Laughing in the background every now and then was Brian Crawford, who heads pghmuseums.org. And the woman of the evening was Madam Dolores. Check her out. You know you need her in your life. Psychic Media is going to take us away, and then we will be back in two weeks. There is a video coming out next Monday. Uh, we all know what's going on right now with COVID-19 and we want you to go back. We want you to binge. We want you to listen to these interviews because they're so important to any creative really. And while you're at it, support myself, pghmuseums.org and these artists because the world shut down. The art world is nothing's happening across any planes. Support local business everything like that and we'll get through it together we'll see you in two weeks for another proper episode of art talk sidekick media services we are your sidekick in business for social media video production and more find out more at sidekickmediaservices.com